So welcome to Pro Wrestling Through the Ages. I am Chip Hazard. Uh, I'm Talon Williams. Roger Sierra. And we're going to talk wrestling. Just, you know, whatever era, you know, what, you know, a uh, little bit about us. Uh, I was a former pro wrestler, 20 years here locally. Uh, did a couple of spots with like Ring of Honor. Um, actually got into the ring with like Steve Carino, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson of the Rock and Roll Express, uh, and several others. Met a lot of cool people through the years. Uh, probably the coolest was Ric Flair. Uh, got to hang out with him at a cigar, a cigar bar once. Uh, hey, it was on his dime, so. I'm about to, yeah, say, I'm about to ask him to pay for the drinks. I've been involved with professional wrestling also around the same time. Me and this man was actually trained by the same man, Jerry McCoy. Um, again, I was in for 20 years from uh, December of 2002 up until just recently September of 2022. Uh, I guess my biggest claim to fame, I guess, is that I wrestled Billy Gunn at a GPW show back in 2016, which I don't think I had a match that was higher than that in, in, in the world of wrestling, I guess. Uh, been on shows like, you know, Rick Flair, you know, been on shows with Steve Carino, Rock and Roll Express, uh, Lance Archer, uh, you know, a lot of cool names out there, you know, got to do Ring of Honor events, I was part of, you know, done security for Ring of Honor a couple times, and uh, yeah, it's it's fun, you know, but, you know, my body hurts, and so I'm glad I'm done with it pretty much, so, <laughs> right, what about you guys? Um, so, I started later with you guys, because, you know, our age gap. Uh, <laughs> age gap, I started in 2010, uh, I guess, I did everything. I was, I was pretty much the training dummy for everybody. Cause, uh, back then I was 160 pounds, so super light. Uh, then I did a few spots here and there. Did some shows in North Georgia, some down here, uh, Athens, Knoxville, Pigeon Forge. Managed after a while because it's getting tired of being thrown around. Uh, <laughs> and I also like helping other people learn because some people get it, but they don't get it. Um, I think the biggest claim of fame I have is working a show where Scott Hall and his son Cody Hall were doing their tour uh, before Cody went to Japan. Uh, Scott was super cool, one of the great guys, super humble, um, super tall, like a giant, literally a giant. Yeah, he is a giant of a man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, that's that's pretty much it. Just I like helping out. I have a mind for us and understand it more. And I didn't want my body to break down faster than it should have, so I sort of moved out of the way quickly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll go ahead and open up any questions you guys have. Uh, it can be about us in particular or, you know, what you've seen on TV or even if you've been to some indie shows or whatnot, feel free. Hand, hand them this way. Shout them out. You guys know Corey Loud? Yeah. You do? You yeah. know Corey? So it's not yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. his name? Yeah. Well, yeah. one of his names. One of his names. Yeah. Because I know he was the Tennessee heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I got a picture over here. You guys know him. He's yeah. a supervisor with us now. Oh, well, really nice. Yeah, he actually, signed it up too. He said his body can't take it no more. No. And I actually uh, trained, uh, trained with him a little bit and also managed him and attacked him. Oh, really? Because yeah. he sent his friend, I guess, and attacked him. Is he in New Japan now? Or one of his friends in one New of Japan? Friends, uh, Chase Owens. Chase Owens, yeah. Okay, yeah, because he said he was over there with Scott Hall's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah Chase Owens. Uh, he's part of the Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what he said. He's making, he's making some good waves out in Japan. Yeah. Huh? And so he's making some good waves out in Japan right now, you know, yeah. so I'm really happy for him. He, he actually just came back home and won the uh, Smoky Mountain Cup uh, yep. for Innovate Pro Wrestling. Yep. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So his name is Tsunami? That, well, that's what his first, that was his first name. That's what his first name was. Uh, I can't remember what he goes by now. I think he just goes by Corey. Yeah, right now he just goes by Supervisor Corey. Yeah. <laughs> I think his wife is happy about it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Hey, wrestling, it, it, not only does it take a toll on your body, but it takes a toll on your family. Because uh, when, when we were wrestling, we were gone four plus nights a week. Yeah. You know, so, and we had regular jobs too. So we worked, you know, eight to five, and then you jump in a car and you head, you know, a couple hours down the road, okay. do another show, and then you're not home till 12, one o'clock in the morning. Then it's, 
rinse, recycle, repeat. We literally did a loop where it was like six shows in a week. We did a Thursday night show in like Trenton, and Trenton, Georgia, and then we would, Friday night would be in Blue Ridge. We'd wake up the next morning and then drive all the way to some other town in Georgia to do a national title pond show. Do it, do it at like 11 o'clock that morning, then leave from there and drive to either Canton or Jasper, Georgia to do another show. And then we had another Tyler Pond show that following Sunday, and then another show that night, and it's like, wow. Eventually, this is going to put wear and tear on your body, and it does. It really does. Yeah. And the, the, the cool thing, though, with, with me at least, is that I can bring my family with me, you know, because they can sit in the crowd, and my son, you know, still this day loves wrestling, so it was cool for him to see, you know, daddy go out there and either be the bad guy or the superhero or whatever, you know, so it was cool for that. But then there's some shows where it's like, I don't know if that, I don't think they can win. I don't think that they can let you in. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, or we go travel, like when we go to Virginia, we go to Mather in North Carolina, we go somewhere like that. It's like, daddy won't be going for the weekend. You know what I mean? And it does put somewhere in tear on that family dynamic. And at the end of the day, they know you're coming back home. You know what I mean? And you go, you go for a while, you come back and see your kids, it's like, it's the best way, knowing that they missed you. You know what I mean? So that's a good thing. Um, so, what was your favorite era of pro wrestling? Favorite error, uh, I guess, when Sting was a uh, part of the uh, WWE. But I was going to say he's not, he was with AEW for a little while. He's, yeah, he's still in AEW. Okay, because okay. I, I haven't seen him in years. It's just so uh, you're a more recent guy. Well, not really recent. It was more along the line of uh, I used to watch it back then when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I used to watch the original of Sting himself. Oh, okay, so it's so WCW. WCW. Since. So, yeah. uh, your favorite era? Uh, 
80s, 90s. Here lately, I've been watching a lot of like the 70s, like the territory era. <laughs> What's your favorite territory? Uh, if you I like Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Jerry the King Lawler yeah. and all. <laughs> but, but, but you gotta admit, Memphis did have some really wild out there gimmicks for the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like only in Memphis could a gimmick like that in a weird way, you know. You know, like I, it wouldn't get, it wouldn't have gotten over in the Carolinas or in Florida. So it's like you can only get over in Memphis. Yeah, but you have to go with the loudmouth Crockett. I mean, <laughs> loudmouth Crockett. Yeah. Yeah, go with it. He's <laughs> good. Uh, your favorite era? Uh, I don't know if I really have a favorite one. I started, like I said, I started in '82. Hogan and Piper got me into actually watching wrestling. Then I found Flair and the Four Horsemen, and, and that just spiked it up for me. And then uh, I'd have to go with the 80s just because that was my childhood and I grew up, see I, we grew up in Pennsylvania, so that, that was a big hub of wrestling and everything. Yep. And uh, so we, we had no problem with having to talk about wrestling and things in school and stuff because it was there. Because uh, we were close to Allentown, Pennsylvania. I think they wrestled in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, so we were right in that area. So I'd have to say 80s just because of the childhood, but I think NWO and Attitude really got me more back into it. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's a conspiracy because I think, I think McMahon and Turner get together and say, hey, what can we do to spice this up? That's my conspiracy about it. No, no, it's an interesting conspiracy. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say that's too far from the truth. It's not too far from the because if, if you think about it, Mr. McMahon and Ted Turner are friends. Mm -hmm. And when Ted Turner bought WCW from Jim Crockett, the first person he called was Vince McMahon. And he said, hey, Vinny, I'm in the wrestling business yeah. now. Yeah. And then Vince responded, I'm in the entertainment business. Yeah. You know, you know. that war just started. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's there somewhere. Yeah. 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 See it. Yeah, I can see it. But love, love him or love him or hate him, uh, and I know you know he's getting a lot of hate in the, the news currently. Mr. Man is probably one of, if not the smartest wrestling mind. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. I mean, you got to think territory age. Vince McMahon steps in and just he takes it over. Yeah, boom. He took it over, and, and the thing is, is that broke his father's promise that he would never try to make a monopoly day out of the business at the end of the day. But then he would go, that's my dad's promise. Exactly. And not my promise. Exactly. You yeah. know. No, no, you make, that's, that's the yeah. correct assessment. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Vince is like that. I mean, he's, he don't care. He don't care who you are. It's all about the business. What can I do? How can I make money? How big can I make this? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's a very, very intelligent man in that area. Right. Question. So, uh, not really a question, but uh, back in high school, I actually used to wrestle for our uh, school's wrestling team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to be 392 pounds. I'm down to 215, 216. Congratulations. So, uh, the coach wanted me on the football team at first. I said, I don't know how good I'll be in cardio. <laughs> so, he might just want to put me on the front, uh, on the front line so I can help block. But uh, they did that for a little while. Then, uh, Shoulder got even more messed up. And then um, I just had a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. And um, uh, Coach put me in weight class because he wanted me going more into wrestling. So he tried to bulk me up more, which he did. But I don't have my build like I used to because I've been losing a lot of weight. So I'm down to this natural weight that I have, but I'm going to regain my muscle back. And I thought about going back to wrestling. I thought about going to uh, AEW. Okay. Yeah. I would, if, I would, if, 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 if you're wanting to get into the business, I would say start small. That's like I, I, like I, like I, I appreciate like the overall goal if you wanted to go to AEW or any big time. Well, I just really, I don't mean, I mean uh, big time. I mean like, uh, like a local. Go up here to Red Bank, uh, Tennessee. Go to a place called TWE. Talk to Jay Newman. Okay. If you want to pursue that as a goal, talk to him. He can set you up. They got a dojo. They do classes every Monday and Tuesday. <coughs> really uh, what's funny is I know probably my guys, so I know how to bend my body a certain way, so I'll be able to actually fix somebody up by the leg and then slam them. Okay. Or, uh, you know, a uh, haymaker, or like whatever you would like.
like to throw out there, you know, just random little uh, wrestling moves that I've studied as a kid on TV that I've actually trained with some buddies of mine on our back porch, which was made of wood. Don't get me wrong, but it was like a cage match that we made. But it wasn't the safest, but it, it was there. And we had MMA, you know, gloves and everything that we were using, but <laughs> it, it was just great. I will tell you this, if you do decide to go that route and want to train, I'll be completely and totally honest with you. One day of training in professional wrestling, just learning the basics is a whole lot harder than doing it to a day of football. Yeah. It is really, it's really, even the training process, regardless of how long it is, whether it be six months to a year or whatever, it's very, very taxing on the body. Oh, yeah. So you need to be mentally, more mentally than physically prepared. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Mike? Favorite era? Um, Same as yeah, I'm basically all spread out. I like the attitude area because I was just a big Scott Hall fan. Uh, yeah, that was my guy, so I nice. like Razor. And yeah. then I quit watching him for a while and he called and said, hey, they're over at WCW. And uh, so when he did that, I just started watching him again when they built the NWO and all that. So, and, we, and I was a youth pastor at the time, so I had a skit where I had to have demons in it, so we just made them all NWO shirts, so they got to be NWO. <laughs> so the guys got, guys got into it, and uh, so I took them one side, we got ringside, I think it was Salem, Virginia, and we seen uh, uh, Nitro, and we didn't know it, Thunder was supposed to be a holiday weekend, so they got two shows in one night, and we were ringside. And one of my kids almost got arrested because he threw a Coke in the ring and hit DDP. <laughs> so, but he got lucky because the guy on the end of his throne was drunk and started fighting the cops when they came to get him, so they took the drunk guy instead. What uh, what year was this? Oh my gosh, this was 90s, late 90s. When DDP was battling him, you know, he's taking on the uh, NWO and to fight him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I knew it was the late 90s, and uh, yeah, and one guy stood and I turned out, right when he came over I said, I know that's one of my guys. Because <laughs> I went up front because these guys were right against the rail and they were college guys. I was going just taking pictures so we could have them for our youth group. Yeah. And he said, uh, hey, just sit here with us. So I just squeezed in with them and that code came over my head. And I was like, I know that's one of my guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I was like, uh, your grandparents aren't going to be happy paying a fine. Because <laughs> I sure wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, that was my error. And plus, uh, nothing major, but I did a weekend stint with what was called the Exodus Wrestling Federation. Because it was a Christian, I guess it was a guy who used to wrestle Hogan, Flair. He was more of a beat-up guy. I don't know if he was some kind of all-star. He had the stars down in his jacket. I don't remember who he was. I don't know if you know him. I forget what he called himself and that. But I know he had a black jacket with the silver stars down his... And okay. he, he, I guess he got saved when he started doing a, a wrestling federation called Exodus went around. Okay. And they called me one time and said, you know anything about wrestling? Are you crazy enough to get in the ring with these guys? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so I've never had no training, so they threw this guy six foot five into me turnbuckle. I was supposed to act like I was passed out, so I'll play it up. He was the ref. Yeah, I was the ref. Let's get this right, I was the ref. So I said, I'll play this up. Yeah, I wasn't going to do nothing crazy. I had a bum knee, that's what I did in my college career, so I couldn't do nothing. So uh, so I said, I'm gonna play this up, never had no training. I'm just gonna fall, like he knocked me out. I hit that mat, didn't realize it felt like concrete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that wind went out of me. Yeah. I was laying there going, yeah, my thoughts of doing this is over. <laughs> real quick, I ended that real quick. Man. That's I the thing, that. people think that the, the ring is like a trampoline or a mattress. It's not. Yeah, it is not. It's not. It's literally a metal frame. You got about six to eight bars going, metal beams going one way and about two to three going the other way. Then you got either a whole bunch of eight by tens or plywood, whatever it was, on top, and you got a mat on there, it's anywhere between a half an inch to an inch thick, and then they got one, maybe two. Yeah, by the time you set the whole thing up and put it all together, yeah. Some, some do have a little bit of give to it, but others, just, I might as well, you know, suplex on this floor right here. Yeah, that's what that would feel like. It had no give whatsoever. I got up and staggered over like I was knocked out, but I had to win knocked out of me. Yeah, that was awesome. Won't you oh. travel with us? Oh, now I'm good. <laughs> that was like, real. That's like yeah, that was real. That's like with me and him when we first when we first started training. We our first uh, quote unquote bump wasn't even inside of the ring. We learned to fall on concrete. Ooh. That was how we learned the first six weeks of our training. And then after that, after I guess what it was, it was just a mental test. They were just trying to test to see if they were trying to make us quit. Yeah. Basically. And then after about six weeks, the guy that was training us was, 
well, I guess these boys don't want to quit. I guess I'll teach them how to wrestle. You know, and then that's it. It was all downhill from there. I guess. And like you were saying, our high school, our high school is always competing for state champions. So wrestling was big in our area. So, yeah, right. and that's how our, our coach was. He'd run you to death just trying to make you quit to see if you really wanted to stay with it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you, man? Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite here, but my most nostalgic. I grew up watching at the tail end of the Ruthless Freshman era, right okay. when the PJ was beginning. My biggest, like, I guess nostalgia year was probably 2010, when, like, all the John Cena hype was real in there. I found uh, TNA at the time, I was into, uh, that's when they were doing, like, Fortune and Immortal and Jeff Hardy heel turn, all that stuff, so I was deep into that. Right. Uh, that was some good wrestling, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. absolutely. Yeah, those, yeah. those little. You know, uh, you you wouldn't have got like so. Jeff Hardy obviously started in the WWF slash WWE, um, but you really get a lot of the character that he became when he came back to WWE. He he kind of develops that character in uh, Impact slash TNA. Um, now there was some dark years there with him. Um, most notably the, the Sting incident. Do you guys remember that? Uh, where Jeff Hardy shows up and he's clearly inebriated, uh, whether it was drug-induced or alcohol-induced, or both, we're, we're not 100% sure. Uh, but it was, I mean, it's just a god-awful experience. Uh, we actually talked about that on one of the episodes of our podcast. Yeah, um, Yeah, the episode was entitled Wrestling events that were uh, only remembered for one specific moment, uh, you know, because normally, like, if you watch like a big event, you know, there's a bunch of little things that you take from, like, who won this match or what was this hill turn or what was the surprise here. But for was it Victory Road 2011? Is that it? Mm -hmm. That's the only thing people remember. And we can go back and we can look at the card and stuff, and we can see, oh, okay, I, I kind of remember this match. I know who those guys are, but I don't remember this particular match. But everybody remembers Jeff Hardy messed up out mm -hmm. of his mind. You know, into uh, going into that match. Like, uh, I just recently met um, the guy was Tugboat and Hyper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shockmaster. Fred, yeah. Fred Ottman. Yeah. Shockmaster, yeah. Just recently met him and talked with him, and that's one of the things. One of the things I most remember for is the first time you've seen me as Shockmaster coming through that wall and tumbling <laughs> and helmet no, falling no. off. And, he was telling us about how the wall was, it wasn't really a fake wall, it was actually a real wall he had to bust through. He said, I had to bust through that thing. He said, I couldn't see out of that helmet, couldn't see a thing. Then, that's all I knew. There was all, so they were supposed to, uh, that wall where they had set it up, mm -hmm. there wasn't supposed to be a stud there yeah. uh, at the bottom, but they mislocated it. And if you watch it back, you can actually see there's like two two by fours, yeah. uh, and that's what trips it. If those two by fours hadn't been there, his entrance would have been That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. But also, so he didn't do the voice. So when he's mm -hmm. in the the mask, there's a guy off camera who's doing the voice of the character. Oli Anderson. And uh, was it Oli? Yeah, it was Oli. Sid uh, <coughs> Vicious. Mm -hmm. was supposed to react to what the Shockmaster was saying. But when Fred fell, the guy who's supposed to be doing the voice is just laughing. And misses his cue. But if you watch it back, you'll see he gets up and he adjusts the helmet. And then he's like pointing. And Sid came here. So Sid goes into his promo where he's retorting what the Shockmaster says, then the guy who's off camera mm -hmm. recovers and goes into his bit, and so it, it's, it's off. off. Yeah. One of the funniest parts of that whole thing also was when Fred Ottman fell um, out. You can very faintly hear it, but uh, the British Bulldog, Danny Boyd, was out there, and you can hear him say, he's like, damn, he fell on his fucking ass. Like, <laughs> British accent. Yeah. You can faintly hear it, but if you can pick yeah. it up, it's pretty hilarious. That was funny, him scrambling for a helmet, because so, you're not supposed to know who it is. Yeah. Scrambling for that helmet. Trying and this to get is back live on. TV, too. Yeah, yeah. Live, live TV. TV. It was during the flare for the gold segment. They were mm -hmm. setting up for, what was it, War Games? 
yeah, four games. Instead of yeah. four games, and when you have something like that happen, which you know, and you have these four yeah. big names standing out there doing their promo on the five, <laughs> and he's supposed to crash through and blah blah blah. Is that yeah. a Jim Bird thing? Well, also, if you go back and watch that, you'll notice that uh, so Flair and uh, his wife Wendy, you can see them scoot out the back uh, of the double doors. You you can faintly see them scoot out the back before Fred takes the tumble. Uh, Almost as if like I, this is fixing me up. Flair has said uh, he was just he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast okay. and uh, he said that it was just a, a luck of the draw because had he been there when Fred fell, he said I I couldn't have held my face. He's I would have just fell out laughing and I couldn't do that for the segment. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you, you just showed up, uh, we're talking favorite errors of pro wrestling. Okay. What was your favorite era? Um, I remember I watched it kind of often. I used to go to my cousin's house. He had more wrestling magazines. All the dudes had blood coming out their eyes and stuff. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just, I watched it. I think when I first got into it back then, when Hulk Hogan and all the guys kind of, I watched a little bit of that. I thought I had like a passing interest. Me and one of my buddies have been talking about it. Um, he gave me this little graphic novel, has a bunch of his stories in it recently, and then he shot me a picture. I grew up in a Spring City. Okay. He shot me a picture of an old car that had, you know, taken place up there. So I was kind of like, that's pretty cool. So I happened to be flipping through as I was walking by and noticed that was going on. I was like, turn around, and Yep, that's I like that kind of, when I was born in 73, so I, just, like, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I do like that kind of. The late, mid yeah. late 70s era was kind of my. They're more of the stuff I want to go back when I do get online and you know, find videos on YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. Me and my buddy, we always swap videos back and forth. And there's, uh, there's a good YouTube picture. channel called uh, Wrestling Classics. Okay. I believe that's what it is. Uh, and they, they have a lot of stuff from the territories on there. Uh, so. That's, that's a good one for some of that old stuff. But you, you mentioned Hulk Hogan, and my buddy here, Roger, has a, he has a very hot take for him. Before he gets into to that, I will say, Hogan is probably, it, you, you take him personally out of the equation, he is probably one of the, the more polar guys uh, because he had a, an entire career as this big, you know, Baby face, good guy, say your prayers, eat your vitamins. And then, you know, everybody said that he could never be the bad guy. Uh, and then he goes to, to WCW and he gets kind of stagnant and Bobby Heenan's just run him into the ground. He's old and all this. And then he helps form the NWO and has this kind of resurgence and secondary career, you could almost yeah. look at that as two separate careers in wrestling uh, where he became the top bad guy for, you know, a, a three-year span. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we, we like to joke here on Movement Radio, and Hulk Hogan is Roger's favorite wrestler. Uh, we actually have two episodes that are completely de uh, devoted to all the lies that Hulk Hogan has said over the past so many years. It's actually, most of them are pretty funny. So. And hearing him rant is the greatest thing ever. It really is. Yeah. Well, they said Hogan struggled with that. He wouldn't even do it up to then. They thought Sting was walking out. The last second Hogan walked out and decided to do it. Because it was supposed to be Sting as the third person. He said he did it. We, we I wonder actually, how that would have went if Steve well, would have been the bad guy. That would have been interesting. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because we actually have an episode called, uh, it's, 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 it's the top 10 WCW what ifs. And one of the questions is, what if Sting had been the third man instead of Hulk Hogan? And we hypothesized that we don't think it would have worked out. And the reason why is because it would have been the NWO versus Hulk Hogan. Who the hell do you think is going to win? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And Hogan, Hogan. and Hogan's shock at his, his the betrayal of Hogan, to all these kids and all that is what really rocking. That's, that's what they shot it up for, for years. I was like, 
I want Hogan to go bad. When he <laughs> yeah. came out and went bad, I jumped. I was like, yes, bad. <laughs> Here's the funny thing about Hogan from Say Your Prayers, Eat Your Vitamins Hogan to, you know, NWO scum Hogan. His wrestling style never changed. Never once. He, he grew a beard and did a couple outfits. Two different yeah. colors. Yeah, two different yeah. colors, right? And he had the, the yeah. blonde handlebar and then the, the black stubble under. Uh, he switched from the, the, the red and yellow to black and white with a little bit of blue in the lightning bolts. And, but his wrestling style, he still did the, the Hulk up. Oh, yeah. And I think he added a back rake. In there. Well, I watched Hollywood for again. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I do remember back in the day there was someone called Hollywood. That was Hulk. 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 That was Hollywood. Yeah. 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 Suburban uh, Commando. Suburban Commando. Uh, don't you talk to me? That would be one of the all-time great I mean, yeah. just hearing The Undertaker talking that voice in Suburban Commando. <laughs> <laughs> that movie right there. How did you put that movie called Satchel with Muscles? Yeah, Satchel with Muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Who can forget that? Well, classic. like we were telling you about that skit we did, when I had the guys be, the demons be NWO, he was dressed as Hogan. You know, with the bright yellow and all that. Yeah. And we had over a thousand kids there, you know. They were watching the skit, and when he came up, they got they all started shirting, the they thought he was gonna fight the demons. Uh-huh. And then as he, as he runs up to him, he stops. And he turned on the strip that shirt and like, oh. NWO shirt. You got the same reaction there <laughs> as you did when he turned. Yeah, it was worse, and they were on sale now. Took a girl, took a girl that that lost and Dumped her in a garbage can. Upside down. She said, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Because she was like, she was my athlete in my group. This girl, basketball, she could play anything. And she told him as they dressed, just put me in the trash can. But we dumped her in the garbage can. What kind of GCW bullshit is that? <laughs> hey, they remember that skit. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's, we like to, to say that pro wrestling is about the moment. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how fancy or flashy the moves are or whatnot, but you remember the moment. Yeah. You remember the moment that Hulk Hogan turned heel. Mm-hmm. You remember the moment that John Cena debuted the, the spinner title. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. You remember when Sting came down from the rafters. Right. Those are the moments that you remember. Right. Exactly. Perfect example. Do you guys remember that episode of Monday Night Raw where Shelton Benjamin and Shawn Michaels had that match and the match ended with Shelton Benjamin doing the springboard into the super kick? Does anybody remember that? Can you tell me anything else about that match other than that spot? No. <laughs> Say what? Chain wrestling for five minutes. Yeah, but that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you watch more wrestling. <laughs> so that, like one of my moments was Scott Hall I tased uh, Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, everyone didn't even know he was there. They're supposed to be fighting each other, and all of a sudden. He so, comes on the table and I'm like, okay, awesome. They're back. Guys. One of my things right. is working with Brawler. Remember him? Yeah. Right, yeah. They finally gave him a belt after all those years of just being a beat up guy. They finally gave him a belt and that's what I remember. What was it, the hardcore title? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was hardcore or something like that. Yeah, yeah. they finally gave him a title. Yeah. And I was like, of, uh, he, he earned it. All those years he earned it. Yeah. I think it was Crash, wasn't it? It may have been Crash. Crash. I think it was Crash during well, that weird 24-7 era. Speaking of up guys, anybody remember Barry Horowitz? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. What do you remember about Barry Horowitz? I, I you said the name and that's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you the truth, that's what Just I remember. The name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just got beat up. Mm-hmm. But his his biggest claim to fame is he was a women's champion. Yep. That's right. And yeah. the only t- the only yeah. time I ever remember him actually winning a match was in was on WWF Superstars against Hakushi. That was the only match I ever remember in the scout. That was when he turned heel and he would sit on the he would sit on the apron and Tommaso Ciampa does it now. He would sit on the apron and pat himself on the mm-hmm. back. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Barry Horowitz originated that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alright, my man in the back with Seth Rollins shirt. Shout out to you for coming here. What's your favorite era of wrestling? I know that guy. You know that guy? Favorite <laughs> oh. <laughs> era of wrestling is uh, has to be mid two thousands to mid 
2010s. Okay. Ruthless aggression. Okay, so ruthless aggression. Yeah, ruthless aggression era is for sure. Um, that favorite class. Favorite moment from the ruthless aggression era. That's rough. Um, there was a lot of them. A lot of really good ones in that era. I mean, of course, the ruthless aggression, John Cena debut. That's that's gotta be one of them. But I have to I have to say John Cena debuting on Raw after the draft. That was a good one. As a kid watching it, and just the crowd's reaction and just even Jericho's reaction. I mean, I know he was selling it, but it was still like as a kid, it was just like mind-boggling for me. I do remember for John Cena. That's how in the same notch. You been dropped to SmackDown. You probably made my mistake. You got to do one now. The, yeah, the, the 2008 or 2009 draft. Yeah. That whole, like, what was the point of it? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. That was, you know, well, it was like Triple H and he won't expect that. Yeah. Triple H would work too. Paul Heyman said it best at one night stand. I remember that. And I, yeah. I also have to say, uh, Jeff Hardy winning the, the title at uh, Armageddon 2008. Yeah, that's, I mean, Jeff Hardy is, a lot of people grew up, that was their favorite wrestler. And just, he was probably my favorite wrestler number one and just I remember crying watching him win the title because that's how much it meant to me as a party fan seeing uh, knowing all that he went through and all the stuff he did go through afterwards yes but just all the stuff they went through before is just that's the great thing about wrestling it makes us feel emotions exactly now they're, they're the Hardy Boys ladder matches yes with the others those were good TLC2 yeah uh, TLC2 for Wrestlemania yeah yeah I just wish they would get Eugene as a title. Eugene, I was like, oh, I know. man, I was so, I was so, you don't talk about being mad. I was mad. I wasn't even, I wasn't even as big as he was on wrestling. I was like, come on. I mean, he was a tag team champion. Tag yeah, team champion. they should have gave him the title. I was like, come on. Everybody wanted it. See, the funny thing is, there's people like that. There's people like that, like Eugene or the gimmick. Comedy characters that would yeah. want to win, like Santino, probably was an example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. against yeah. Alberto the Real, they were cheering for him because they wanted him to win the Rumble so bad. And then as soon as he gets thrown out, you can feel the energy he just, just go away. Oh, yeah, because yeah. he was this close. Yeah. And guys like that were they just do so much good work over time. It's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, might as well. Like, you probably wow. just yeah. said my most hated wrestler. Santino? No, Del Rio. The Rio? Oh, with Del Rio. Rio. I met him in real life and how he was. No, he's oh, a Oh, yeah. He's a he's a, yeah, he's a, yeah. He's young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I met him, yeah. But now, uh, Eugene, uh, the guy who plays Eugene, yeah. Nick, Nick Dinsmore, yeah. um, had they not saddled him with that gimmick, I think he could have been something. Yeah. Because he, he could actually wrestle... Uh, very similar to uh, like a Chris Benoit, yeah, he's uh, good, right? Eddie, Eddie Guerrero style. Yeah. But he was, uh, uh, unfortunately, he was one of those Jim Cornette OVW guys that Vince haters. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of those guys from OVW that were brought up that weren't Bautista, Lesnar, Cena, Orton, that were better wrestlers, but just didn't get the bumpers. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those guys in OVW, like I mean, you, I mean, there's a couple of people who think of OVW and the four names that you automatically think of or what you just said, Lesnar. Batista, Orton, and Cena. And there was a couple of other guys. It was Shelton Benjamin also went to the OBW system and a couple of other guys, but you know, those were like the, the four focal points of four that. Pillars. Yeah, the four pillars, if you will, of the OBW. Um, you know, and then we're moving into nowadays in modern wrestling. Uh, I'll ask you guys, do you think that modern wrestling today will ever be as popular as what it was back in the 80s or anything like that? No. No. And what do you guys think? You think so? Okay, I'm, I'm curious to hear this. I think with how accessible it is now, that it's going to be a lot easier to get people in. For example, like at my school, I was the only person who was in wrestling. It wasn't until like fourth grade that I met someone who like, liked wrestling. Right. I had been trying for years to get my friends to wrestling. It wasn't until... 2021 that like my best friend really started getting wrestling because like he found uh the guy's name but he does like uh, documentary style videos on youtube 
they did the Tombstone Pound Wild on him. Yeah. 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 That man looks so much did the super kick to him after the peg. I mean, it was with the super Before kick the after the pedigree or the pedigree after the super kick. Yeah. Yeah. That did not work. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. yeah. And what's so crazy is that like we were in a we were over at our buddy Johnny's house and there's like 18 people in this little room. And when that spot happened, it was like, oh it's over. One, two, kick out. Every single one of us who know that professional wrestling is still, you know, somewhat choreographed for stage. Yeah. We all <clears throat> were fans at that moment. We all went, oh! Yeah. Like, you know, because even if you know what's going on, even if you are in the quote unquote in crowd, you can still get hooked and you oh, yeah. can still buy into it. Yeah. If they watch. sell it well, it was you like street chair with like street chair yeah. music. Yeah. And then the pedigree, one, two, kick. Yeah. Yep. See, the one thing I, my argument with the, the no pops. I was at SummerSlam this past year, and no one predicted Brock Lesnar to take that tractor to the ring and pop it up like that. That was, that was, that was crazy. crazy. That was the first time I bought the last time. The only yeah, time I kicked myself and not going to a match was basically because I didn't want to go with the girl because she was trying to go out with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. So she had tickets to WWE in Roanoke, and it's when uh, uh, Stone Cold came out with the beer truck and sprayed her. Nice. I would have been there. I would have nice. been there, and I'm like, <laughs> I should have went anyway. Who cares? I should have went the free thing. But I knew the whole, if I'd have went, she would have been expecting us to get together. So that was a whole, I was trying not to hurt someone's feelings. I was trying to be nice at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, I was a youth pastor at the time, so I wasn't married. So I was trying to be nice because it was one of my workers that worked with me. But still, I'd have been, when I seen that happen, I was like, you <laughs> I could have been in one of the most biggest moments ever, ever. when he came out with that truck. And I, I don't drink, but I would have been that close to get sprayed, so I wouldn't have cared. It's just been a little more yeah. watch. Like then, it was right. a small sacrifice for salvation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got you. Uh, let's double back to the CM Punk thing. You don't like CM Punk? Ever or never? Ever? Uh, or or recent? Yeah. I've never been on him. Okay. Been on. Why? He always seemed too arrogant for me. Very, very arrogant. I, I mean, that. I can understand your character being arrogant, but it seemed like it was more him than a character. And that kind of got on my nerves. Um, if a person's arrogant in real life, but his character isn't on TV, then, you know, I can go with it. Whatever you are in real life, blah. You know, but his, it just, he just never, I just can never connect with the guy. And he always had a habit time. Or he was crying. Yeah, he was. He had to be it. Yeah, yeah, he was always whining. Always. How do you, how do you feel about MJF? That's what I was thinking to ask. Yeah. MJF? Yes. Because yeah. MJF is what, what he, he is on is TV and in the ring is the same thing that he is on the outside. I really don't know much about MJF. I don't know MJF either. Okay. So he's the AEW uh, heavyweight champion. We don't watch. That's why we have all the Oh, okay. But they don't be on wall. So he. He still believes in the philosophy of keeping it real no matter what you want. Okay. Yeah. You should do the stuff. Keep your character outside keep the ring as in as well as inside yeah. the ring. Yeah, he, he plays his part no matter where he is, whether he's in. Which which throws you back to the seventies and eighties where you're not supposed to tell people that it's not real. Yeah. You know. That's yeah. his influence. He really is that old school. The character's alright, but you just see a punk is who he is. And we've seen him in hell in the cell yeah. uh, match. In Atlanta. In, in Atlanta. We've yeah. seen that match. I mean, it was a good match, but I was just, I was hoping he was going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please be him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm a steroid guy. This, this is my thing. CM Punk, yeah. CM Punk 2012 is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah? yeah. See, yeah. I'm, I'm weird. For me, CM, my favorite CM Punk was when he was in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. I mean, him and Samoa Joe were beating the hell out of each other. For, for sure. That's what got me into Ring of Honor was that, uh, that yeah, trade between CM Punk. If you haven't seen any of CM Punk, I, I, I get what you're saying. So CM Punk was one of my favorite wrestlers up until two, two, yeah, a couple years ago, the All Out deal. That, oh. that's, that's, that was my exact thing. Is CM Punk was so big for me. Like I cried when he came back. Everything like it meant so much to me. But then watching him in AEW is just the yeah, our fandom is different. I liked CM Punk when he first came in WWE after E whatever yeah. it is now. But yeah. as it went along, I started seeing. Who he was and how, in all his contracts, he had to have the belt, he had to have this, he had to have that, or he wasn't going to wrestle. Now, his wife was cool, I liked her character. But her, yeah. our, 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 niece, our niece was a huge CM Punk fan. Yeah. So 
So that's that's one thing, and we took her to that Hell in the Cell. Yeah, to see to that. see him and wrestle yeah. and everything. But which we which was funny because. Oh, we're, we're fixing to wrap up. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, we've been keeping up. I want I want two things. We got ten minutes, so yeah. I'm going to ask two things. Okay. Yes. One, I want to hear your rant, and two, I want to hear more about y'all. <laughs> yeah. Y'all personally, I want to hear more about. About my two favorite match. What would be Wing of Honor, WCW, any uh, type of belt? Our favorite match of all time. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be. Go ahead, Raj. It doesn't have to be from WWE. It can be from Anything like Wing of Honor, TNA, so on and so on. Well, his is a uh, Melina versus Alicia Fox. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 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 best no, uh, my favorite match, um, very controversial, but my favorite match is still to say Main Event WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I cried so hard in that WrestleMania because of Eddie Guerrero obviously keeping his title, but that moment after when they both each other 18 years of their stuff mm -hmm. and to me Eddie Gross my favorite wrestler the best wrestler ever Ben um, lost on my top five what he did outside of wrestling it's outside of wrestling what he did in the ring is what I look at and those guys were people my size my height that were at the top of the business mm -hmm. the biggest business part like at one of the most competitive parts too Exactly. Because SmackDown and Raw were competing 100% all the time, and they were yeah. the top guys. And it was that time, around that time, that 2003, 2004, 2005, that was probably one of the best times we brought the SmackDown guys. We were trying to get exactly Our show was the shit. You know what I mean? For me, I'm going all the way back to 1997. It's the match that made me say I want to be a pro wrestler, and it was Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Mask versus Cruiserweight title at uh, 1997 Halloween. I mean, to me, and there's been a plethora of great matches, but in my mind, that match to me is a great match. That was, that was good. The motion that was behind it, the the moves that they were doing at a time when people weren't doing the moves that they were doing. When you got uh, Ray Mysterio coming off the ropes, hitting a flip, catching into a hurricane run on the outside, just anywhere with his vicious backbreakers and just the mentality that he had, it was just, the, it, it was just after Eddie Guerrero had just turned to that was it, because he had that he had that black wet mullet walking to the ring. The back, the title wasn't around his waist or even over his shoulder where you can see he was hanging it off the back. Ray Mysterio coming out with the Phantom. I know most people in the comic book world people know who the Phantom is. You know, when you walked out with the Phantom and stuff, I think the movie had just come out like a couple of months beforehand. But yeah, that whole entire that opening sequence was amazing. You know, so I would say that would be my favorite match of all time. But you change. I've been watching wrestling for so long. It's, it, it honestly is hard to to pick a favorite match. I can pick favorite moments over favorite matches, um, but it would probably if I had to choose one, it would be from Ring of Honor early years, uh, and it's the CM Punk versus Joe Part Two. Yeah. Part yeah. Two. Uh, yeah, we've got about two minutes, so unfortunately, we don't have time for for the Hogan rant. Hear the rant, I, but I promise you, if you go to the podcast, we have a ton of episodes there. Do you guys have a booth out there? Or you yeah, get yeah, yeah, we're, we're right across the okay. the aisle. Because I definitely uh, want to get a picture and show Corey. I've seen you guys. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but thank you guys so much for participating. That has been our time. We'll be out here. We'll see y'all over there. We'll talk all time.